Hey guys, welcome to Not At Dinner, the podcast where we talk about politics, religion, and everything else you're not supposed to talk about in polite company. I'm Link, your host for this podcast, and today we're going to talk about everybody's favorite post-election topic, which is bridging the gap, or whatever that happens to mean. This week I spent a lot of time thinking about what this episode would be about. In case you're wondering, I actually record these every week. I don't do pre-recorded episodes that I can just kind of upload every week. And the reason for that is because of the topics of this podcast and with the news changing so fast, that would be a really tough thing to do. Throughout the week, I was kind of thinking about different topics and I had a lot of interesting ideas, I think, this podcast could have very easily been about gun control. You know, last week I commented on standing with Jewish Americans, especially members of the community of the Tree of Life Synagogue. And this week I could comment on another mass shooting that happened at a college bar in Southern California. These happen too much. They happen too often and something needs to be done. But this podcast, this episode at least, doesn't have a solution yet. So we're not going to talk about gun control. We could talk about how Trump fired Jeff Sessions, replaced him with Matthew Whitaker, who has a on-record history of being a Trump loyalist and who could very easily shut down the Mueller investigation and the ways in which that is unethical and potentially unconstitutional. But last week we talked a lot about the the Constitution and about executive orders, and I don't want every episode to be a lecture on civics, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, And I think watching all these different things happen... And then with voting in the midterms and the results and I've read articles that said, oh, for sure, there was a blue wave. The Democrats obviously won the midterms, even though they didn't take back the Senate. Other articles that claim that Republicans obviously won because they won an unprecedented number of Senate seats. Um, Typically, the party that holds the executive branch doesn't gain Senate seats in a midterm election. So that means the Republicans won. If we look at all these different things that have been going on this week, the real thing that that's happening, the real bottom line, when you take it all down to the nitty gritty, is we're trying to agree on a path forward for the country while living with very different value systems. If you've listened to the episode on moral languages, you'll remember that we talked about valuing authority or liberty or harm reduction. If you haven't listened to that episode, definitely recommend listening to it. Um, Or check out my favorite book of all time, Why Good People Are Divided by Religion and Politics. Um, it's called The Righteous Mind, Why Good People Are Divided by Religion and Politics by Jonathan Haidt. Very good book that gets down to talking about how we develop these different value systems. 
whether or not it's nature versus nurture, which in my opinion, it's a little bit of both. An additional thing that leads to us having different value systems are our lived experiences, right? We all have lived in different parts of the country. This is a huge country comparatively to countries like Finland or Sweden. We're a huge country. And because of that, we have regional value systems that are unique to those regions that can't be extrapolated to another region, therefore making it hard to find a path forward. If we think about a non-political example, one that doesn't cause any controversy, think about the weather or natural disaster events that you're worried about happening where you live. If you live in Southern California, or if you have family that lives in Southern California, the answer to that question is very quickly wildfires or earthquakes. I think wildfires would be the first thing that comes to mind with the big wildfire that's going on in Southern California right now. If you live in the Midwest, I can say as someone who grew up in the Midwest, never once in my life was I genuinely and honestly concerned about a wildfire destroying anything in my town or my home. Certainly I, I heard about wildfires happening out West and I was concerned for the human beings that lived out West, but in terms of my own home and my own town, wildfires were never a concern growing up. Tornadoes is something that the Midwest is going to be more concerned about. Living in a house without a basement in the Midwest would be much less likely because basements are where you go when a tornado comes. Someone that lives in the deep south, maybe New Orleans or on the Gulf Coast, tornadoes aren't going to be their biggest concern so much as hurricanes and flooding from those hurricanes. And the southeast, you know, some places in the south are still recovering from Katrina, even with these new hurricanes that have come in, in the years since then. But if you live in the northeast of the mid-Atlantic, with the exception of Hurricane Sandy, hurricanes aren't really a big concern once you get far enough north on the Atlantic coast. Massive blizzards and snowstorms probably are a bigger concern there. And just those basic things are going to lead to what you're concerned about from an infrastructure standpoint. Are you primarily concerned about the buildings in your city being reinforced uh, to be earthquake ready? Or are you primarily concerned about redoing the roads and finding some sort of material to build the roads out of that doesn't erode with the freezing and heat and salt and ice and snow and all these different temperatures and materials coming on the roads that erode the roads every year. A, you're concerned about fixing the roads and B, maybe we want to find a better material to be building roads out of. Well, if you live somewhere that isn't very snowy, that's not going to be quite as big of a concern. And so that's, you know, can your house survive a flood? Is that something that's important to you? These are the things that, from a non-political standpoint, start to develop your worldview or start to develop your value system in ways that are so different from someone that lives farther away. We can compare that to 
our political standpoints and our political values because if you live somewhere rural, your value system is going to be very different than if you live in a city or a very urban environment because let's take guns as, as an example. If you talk about places like Montana, places like Wyoming, yeah, it is the case that owning a gun is something related to heritage. Maybe your grandfather or your father passed down a gun to you that has a lot of meaning and maybe the times that you use that gun are the times when you take it out to a big field or a shooting range and fire the gun at empty cans or clay birds or whatever other perfectly fine and innocent and reasonable targets you can shoot at. And it can be a fun sport because you're practicing aim and and things like that. Well, you're not going to have that experience with guns if you live in an urban area. First of all, there's not going to be a big field to take a gun out to to just use it for sport. Um, but likely, if you if you live in a city, your experience with guns is going to be a lot more related to violence, a lot more related to criminals owning guns, acquiring those guns legally, and using them to commit acts of violence. And so someone in Montana is going to say like, yeah, of course I have the right to own a gun. It's not violent. It's not a tool for murder. It's for sport. It comes from my family. It's a part of my heritage. Why would you take that away? Someone in the city is going to say, these are murder machines. They're dangerous. They only cause death and destruction. You don't need it. Our value systems are different because we are living very different lives. One of the favorite um, demographics in the midterm elections for a lot of places is suburban white voters. Right now, a lot of pollsters and news organizations are, are interested in that statistic because it's it's shifting. It used to be the case that suburban white voters pretty consistently and reliably voted for Republicans. This uh, set of midterm elections, a shift happened and the majority of suburban white voters voted for Democratic candidates. So that's something that a lot of news places are really having a field day writing about. I read an article on Vox.com, V as in Victor, O-X. I'll put it on the website so you guys can go read it if you want. Um, they talked about how we're in a cold civil war in America right now because of how different our values are and how deeply divided the country is because finding compromise when the thing that you disagree on is not something we can just agree to disagree on, right? We can agree to disagree on if adding so much spice to food that it's painful and you can't taste the flavor anymore so much as the spice is worth eating. I think not. Someone else really enjoys spice. And to them, that is worth it. We can agree to disagree, right? That's, who cares? I'll eat stuff that's not spicy. You eat stuff that is spicy. Great. Everyone's happy. But what's harder to agree to disagree on is something that gets to your core value system. Something this country will never agree to disagree on is abortion. But beyond that, the death penalty, universal health care, 
um, gun control, right? All these things get to our core value systems and make it much harder to just say, well, I see that you have a different opinion from me. That's fine. I respect your difference of opinion. We can also think about the cultural divide between the North and the South. And if you grew up east of the Mississippi, north of the Mason-Dixon, then you and I both know that you grew up with some pretty real stereotypes about the South, right? Stereotypes that are horrible, that are not true, not correct, but are, you know, maybe folks in the South are less educated, um, they're poor, um, you know, even horrible things like marriage to, to cousins or siblings. And these things are not true. This is, these things are not true about everybody that lives in the South. There's certain, certainly stereotypes that are traded around, um, above the Mason-Dixon. And, and to say that that's not true, I think we would be lying to ourselves. And I think included in that, especially if you grew up progressive, um, I do think that there was a an idea of saviorism that came with that. Sort of this idea that, oh, folks in the South, they're not well-educated, they don't have enough money, they can't save themselves. The opinions that they're having are only because they're not smart enough to know better. And if only we could go down there and teach them our ways, then they could vote in their own best interest and save themselves. If we kind of think about how that might impact, and I can't speak for someone who lives in the South and has for their whole life because I have never lived in the South, but I can imagine. And if I look at the way folks react, it's common that we hear folks from the South saying that they don't like liberals. They don't like these people that don't know anything about us, don't know how we really live and are just trying to invade our way of life, right? We hear that a lot. Well, it's not wrong. And so I think it can be reasonable to try to, to kind of understand where someone might be a little bit more anti-government if what they see coming from the government is people trying to change their value system and being let down by the government over and over and over again in the way of resources to recover from natural disasters. I think there's probably a lot more culturally that goes on in the South that leads to um, voting more Republican, but just from an anecdotal standpoint, like that's something that like I can, I can understand, even if I, I don't know that I would have ended up with that particular opinion. I can see how someone would have got there. And I think we're just not willing to do that. We're not willing to say, okay, let me try to understand where you were born, how you were raised, what value system was given to you growing up, and how that might have created the opinions that you have. And that doesn't mean that you're going to agree with someone's opinions, and you don't even have to agree to disagree. There are things I'll never agree to disagree on um, with folks. I think, you know, I said last week, abject violence 
if you just hate Jewish people, okay, we're not going to agree to disagree on that. And I, I won't. You are wrong. But we can try to understand at least what has brought someone to their opinion. What has brought someone to their value system? Because that's the first step. That's step one. And there's extremists on both sides. I'm not asking you to understand how a white supremacist or self-identifying Nazi got to their belief system because that's not the people that we need to be, you know, that's not who I'm asking you to like be friends with or, you know, get to a better place with. I'm saying that the average everyday American, your next door neighbor, who's concerned about the same weather conditions that you are, who's shoveling their driveway today or checking on their parents to see if they're able to escape the wildfire, that's the person that you can get to know better to try to understand how they got to their value system rather than just disregarding them as a crazy liberal or, you know, a right-wing nut job, right? That's the first step. It's not agreeing to disagree. It's not saying that you think their value system is worth you changing your value system too. It's just saying, hey, you're a human being. You have birth parents. Maybe those parents also raised you. Maybe they didn't. Maybe you grew up in a rural area and moved to the city or vice versa. Maybe you've experienced this or that sort of trauma in your life, or maybe you've had a very privileged life. We won't know until we get to know each other. And that's If you really want to bridge the gap, the first step is talking to someone who disagrees with you. And again, not an extremist, not someone who hates you, not someone who has made social media posts about violence against you. Stay away from those people because you need to stay safe. I'm just saying, you know, the holidays are coming up. Maybe you have a family member you agree or disagree with. Maybe actually talk to them in a calm, reasonable way. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about how or if we should be compromising with the people on the other side. And if we don't compromise, if, if we can't compromise our value systems, then how do we move forward? Is there really a way to unify the country with divides that are so deep and so personal. Hey, so as I mentioned last week, we did launch a Ko-fi page. Ko-fi is a service where for the cost of a coffee, you can tip the podcast, kind of support what we're doing and and make make sure this kind of can continue to happen. All of this information is on the website. The reason that I've been doing that is because if this was a YouTube channel, I could put all this information in the description below, right? Um, I don't have a description box for a podcast, so everything that, all the links, all the really cool stuff, everything that I think is useful to anybody listening to this podcast, it's all on the website. So check it out, notatdinnerpodcast.com. 
if you follow us on Instagram at not at dinner. Uh, you can also get a link to the website in the bio of that Instagram. Follow us on Instagram too. Um, so those are some things going on. I know I've talked about merch coming out soon. Um, by the time you hear this podcast, check the website. There may be some merch. If not, it'll be out next week. Um, it will definitely be out before Thanksgiving and ready to go. So keep an eye out for those things. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Welcome back. We are talking about different value systems, how that leads to how we vote, and if we can or should compromise with the other side, which I think is the really tough question. I saw an internet comment, which, pro tip, don't read internet comments. Nothing good ever comes from it. Um, but, so... The Democrats took back the House, which means Nancy Pelosi is angling to be Speaker of the House, which is divisive among Democrats. Nancy Pelosi, on election night or the morning after, I don't remember exactly, also made a speech where she talked about bipartisanship, where she talked about trying to compromise with Republicans to get things done. Someone posted an article about that, and then this comment was on that article. The comment was... We don't need to be bipartisan. Nancy Pelosi shouldn't be Speaker of the House because she's just going to compromise with the enemy, with the other side, and we don't want to do that. Okay, that's fair. If you want Medicare for all, then compromising on that sounds awful, especially considering Obamacare is already a compromise from Medicare for all. Or, on the flip side, if you think, if you think keeping income tax low is very, very important to you, then you're not going to be interested in compromising on that. And, okay, well, what makes that hard is the social programs that the left are interested in will inherently raise taxes, which is something that the right hates. It, it's almost impossible to, to imagine compromising, to imagine saying, you know, to imagine a fiscally conservative person saying like, oh yeah, totally, I'll pay more taxes so that people can go to the doctor more. But on the flip side... Medicare for all is really important to the left. Should you compromise your value system? No, absolutely not. And I say that to both sides, which, you know, I don't know. I don't have an answer. If I did, I would be your next president. Um, but your values, what you stand for, what you believe in, that's a part of who you are. So you shouldn't compromise that just to pass a law. But it is okay to be open to changing your opinion, to changing your belief system. That doesn't mean that you're going to stop, you know, your moral languages, they're coded in you. Those things aren't going to change. So if you're someone that cares 
um, that has a stronger care harm moral language, then that's not going to change even if you open yourself up to trying to understand the other side. And the same for if you have more of a liberty or more of an authority, more of a sanctity, anything like that. Um, moral language. Who you are isn't going to change just because you open your mind up to trying to understand the other side. So compromise your value system, no. But yeah, we need to be open to changing our minds, to changing our opinions, to growing. Um, I've had my mind changed many times over the years. Um, I used to be someone that thought 100% of guns should be banned all the time, always, everywhere. No guns should exist at all. Um, and in taking time to understand folks that lived in more rural communities than I live in, that had more of a heritage or ancestral relationship to these really interesting and different guns, I was able to kind of adapt my belief system and say, okay, I still think there needs to be legislation around guns, background checks, training, and so on. But yeah, I definitely don't, I, I no longer have the belief that all guns should be banned all the time. I wouldn't say that I'm different or have a different core value system. It's, it's that in taking the time to understand someone else's life, I was able to adapt my idea of how we could move forward. And that's what we need to do. We do need to be willing to understand the other side and compromise a little bit. Because it's also the case that moving forward, progress, it's incremental. If Obama hadn't made the Affordable Care Act happen, then we wouldn't be where we are right now with healthcare, even though we're not somewhere that's perfect. The great majority of um, average American citizens right now believe that pre-existing conditions should be covered by healthcare. That was not the case eight years ago, 10 years ago. But because folks have now seen what it can be like to have this covered, now a lot of people believe that that, that needs to stay in place. That was an incremental change. Incremental changes are okay. I think it's also important from the other side, from the standpoint of liberty, I don't think we should give up any liberty or any freedom. That's a very American thing to have. But at what point does your right to have anything you want cross into harming someone else? There's a really famous quote by the person you've all heard of, Anonymous. Um, I'll try and look up and put on the website who actually did this quote. But so far, I've never been able to find this out. Also, not at dinner podcast on Instagram comment. Let me know if you, if you know where this quote came from. There's a quote that I like that says, your right to swing your fist ends at my nose. And I think that's where we have to be when we talk about liberty and freedom. And, you know, religious freedom is very important. It's what this country was founded on. 
But when your religious freedom then starts to tell someone else they can't marry the person that they love or they can't wear the clothes and hairstyle that they prefer because it's the, quote, wrong gender. Okay, well, now your freedom of religion is preventing someone else's freedom of religion or freedom of belief. And so we have to be willing to compromise a little bit on that and get to a place of understanding like, yes, you have the right to believe whatever you want to believe, but you can't ask someone else to live based on your religion, right? That's the opposite of religious freedom. So talk to each other. That's the bottom line. That's the the takeaway from this podcast episode. We have to talk to each other. Another study that was done shows that not only is our is the divide in this country getting bigger and getting deeper, but it's also the case that regionally we're separating or or we're moving to places where the only people around us are the ones that agree with us. In 2018, I think it is a little easier to move depending on your kind of financial situation, but from the standpoint of like highways and cars and planes and trains, physically, it is easier to relocate a thousand miles away than it was a hundred years ago, 50 years ago. Folks who are more conservative are moving to more rural um, places where they're surrounded by other more conservative people and the same with folks who are liberal they're moving to cities like portland like austin like la and sort of living in these bubbles and that's okay because you want to have a support system and it makes sense to have friends that share your value system i think that's 100 percent common but the more we move into these regions where the only people that we're surrounded by are the ones that that agree with us, the less willing we're going to be to get to know someone who disagrees with us and the easier that it's going to be to demonize and, and dehumanize someone on the other side. Now, obviously, you know, I mentioned last week I live in Oregon, so this is a hypocritical thing for me to say because I moved somewhere that is within a bubble, but it's something that we need to think about. It's something that I need to think about. It's something that we all need to think about because the more that we reinforce the bubble that we live in, the less that we're going to bridge the gap. Now, the other solution is that we divide ourselves into two different countries, right? Or three different countries based on you know, cultural or economic belief systems. And if you're liberal, you're like, ha ha ha, that would be great because all the conservatives then will see that their policies are actually terrible. And if you're conservative, you're thinking the same thing about the liberal country that would be created. I don't think that's a good solution. If for no other reason, then you'll be abandoning human beings to be governed exclusively by those darn liberals, those crazy conservatives. And that's mean. Aren't we supposed to be saving 
the other people on the other side so they can come to our side. So there is not a solution. I think that's what's really important. The news wants to find a solution. You want Everyone wants to find a solution. Nobody wants to fight. Nobody likes confrontation. Nobody wants to acknowledge the negative stuff that happens. We just want to stay positive, agree to disagree, whatever it is. But it's, it's not that easy. Life is not that easy. So, yes, the midterms happened. Democrats did really well in taking back the House. Republicans did really well in keeping the Senate. I think more gridlock is to come um, in government. I don't think we're moving forward in the next two years. We can try, though, whatever your version of moving forward looks like. But mostly, talk to your neighbors. Also, all good and important change starts at the local level. Vote for city council members that are going to build more parks or more parking lots, depending on what's happening in your city right now and what you need. Vote for the superintendent that's going to do the right thing in the school system, depending on if you get to vote for your superintendent. Every school district is different. Every city is different um, with what you're, you're able to vote for, but make change on the local level. Build a community where you're not necessarily agreeing to disagree, but you're understanding why someone has a different opinion from you. And if you start to understand why they have a different opinion from you, you might be more willing to open your mind to adjusting your belief system slightly. And maybe we can come to a compromise. That's it for this one. Um, This podcast didn't have a solution to the world's problems this week but i hope moving forward we can at least treat each other with less violence both physical and verbal thanks for listening um as always you can check us out on our website not at dinnerpodcast.com that's where you can read some of the articles that i've mentioned in this episode you can support this podcast with Kofi. um check out merch which may or may not actually be there yet all that stuff on the website not at dinnerpodcast.com and follow us on instagram at not at dinner and we'll be back next week to do this all over again thanks for listening